This is a Project Humanoid production. Whammo. Project Humanoid, this is Murder My Dude. I'm BP Burke. And today I'm Jackson Wells. And today you are. And yeah. as we record this, yeah. it is November 17th, I want to say. Yeah, it is. November 17th. And it's somebody's birth, well, something's birthday today. Oh. Happy first birthday oh, I'm a lot old. to COVID-19. Shit. Today is the first day that there was a confirmed case of the the new novel coronavirus 2019. That's why it's called Corona Virus 19. Yeah. COVID 19. Yeah, today is, it sounds like I might have it. Uh, today is uh, COVID 19's birthday. Oh, you're you're a big boy now. You're a big virus now. What? The killed, biggest. Killed a lot of people. I think it is now the third leading cause of death in the United States. Wow. For this year. Yeah. Besides uh, being an Eagles fan and. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's number one, I think. Attacks. And uh, yeah, heart disease is up there as well. Yeah, and then uh, a lot they... of eagle suicides. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and they're still in first place somehow. What really? But, yeah, oh, uh, I like the Giants are now a half game behind them, but that's yeah, they're how, still that's in how first fucking place. Bad football is. Well, that's how bad the NFC, NFC East is. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, Dallas is still in the bottom. The Washington football team still way down, mm. and the the Eagles are still somehow in first place, <laughs> even though they're, they're very bad. Yeah. So how was how was your week? It was all right. Um, it was okay. I watched that game. I watched other football games. Okay. I've been watching a lot of uh, murder mysteries on BritBox. Yeah. I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, so, uh, I know we did it before. I don't know why we're doing it again. So I rewatched all of the stuff about the toolbox killers, and now I'm pretty ready for. No, the toy box killer. This is about the toy box killer today, not the toolbox killers, not I, I forget their names now. Uh, this is about a, a different guy, toy box. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding you. You got to read the notes a little closer. All right. I guess I'm taking the lead on this one, huh? Yeah. Well, as usual. Oh, yeah. Nothing new there. Well, I will take the lead on this. On what? This week murder. Getting right into it. Old case updates, move, and the Yorkshire Ripper. It sounds like like you didn't abbreviate it, so it's like like m dot o dot v dot e. Yeah, like like it sounds like it's moving the Yorkshire Ripper, like it's a fucking band. Yeah, well, like, you, the Yorkshire Ripper spoiler. Hey, open it for Green Day is moving the or what? No, not great. Open it for Cold War Kids is moving the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. I, I, from the episode last week, if I ever do a band, I, I have my name now. Yeah. The Cool Headed Logicians. Okay. I, I, that's they, gonna they can, now. They're going to tour with Moving the Yorkshire Ripper. I, I'm a Cool Headed Logician now. That's my that's new thing. That's fine. I'm in Moving the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know who's not moving anymore, right? Tell me. The Yorkshire Ripper. What? We'll get to it. Two quick updates from the past week concerning a few older cases we've covered in episodes past. For one, we have to go way back. This, I think, was in the. 
first handful of episodes, the first dozen, if not that, the first 20, I would believe, way before we went to Uncle Moose's murder cabin. Ooh, I liked uh, it there. <laughs> I didn't. You didn't. Uh, but we, we did a, a show about, I think it might have been another Philly show. I think it was when we, it might have been when we talked about Mia Bujamala right after that. Uh, we um we covered the history of the Philadelphia commu- Commune Move, mm-hmm. the black anarcho-environmentalist group that had taken up residence on Osage Avenue. Not Osage. Not Os- Osagi. Yeah. Or Osagi Ojimbo. The, I think it was the, the bunny rabbit from the, the Ninja Turtles. It was. As a matter of fact, uh, they're coming out with the Osagi Ojimbo uh, Chronicles, or uh, I think it's called the Usagi Chronicles on mm-hmm. Netflix. So That's why they raise yeah, the prices. Yeah. Keep, keep that in mind. Yeah. We gotta cancel Netflix. You're gonna you do get not. pricey. No, no, I can't. I can't cancel Netflix until Money Heist's last season happens. Anyway, I'm, I'm writing them to to keep it going. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, this had, back back to uh, 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 move just to kind of refresh everybody's memory. It's funny because we just did a show about the Unabomber. They were like anti technology too. They were like raising chickens and stuff right in the middle of a, a big city block mm-hmm. in the uh, Cobb's Creek section of West Philadelphia. So Philly has this. Thing where I don't want to say propensity. What's what's the word? Uh, propensity. Is yeah, that the but, word you're but for? to tendency. Sure, tendency to uh, every once in a while have fucking farm animals in the city. Yeah, that's true. For yeah. whatever fucking reason, mm-hmm. we had uh, in the neck. Yeah, the way, there's another one way back. That's what that's one of my favorite episodes. Was the neck? I would love to redo the neck. That was a good episode. Or, or revisit the neck. Mm-hmm. I would like to do video. Uh-huh. And go down and I, so by the way, if if anybody from Philly is listening, research the neck in Philly it's <laughs> by Argon Avenue stretches from like uh, Delaware and uh, Delaware and uh, Argon to or Columbus, and Columbus Oregon, Boulevard, yeah, all the way up to like the lakes, mm-hmm. uh, just that whole area. That was the neck. Or if you're just visiting Philadelphia and you happen to go to when things reopen, you happen to go to the stadiums yeah. to take in a Phillies game, a Sixers game, a concert, something yeah. that, uh, Lincoln Financial Field where the sure. Eagles play. That was all the neck. So that whole area was like farmland and like houses, like all these like mm-hmm. huts and 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 that. So as that was like that and even in to the 1900s. Yeah. But then the rest of the city was like building up. So if you were to do one of those uh, time lapse uh, videos you would see one section just constantly like gr- just gradually like evolving mm-hmm. uh and then one section just stagnant yeah just static just a static fucking farm like just you know people raising pigs and whatever yeah. and then pigs was the big one right that's what that, that was like a lot the main, of pigs yeah yeah and then they they ended up shipping all the pigs out to hog island yeah that to the because they had to put these pigs on islands yeah <laughs> No, seriously. No, that, I know. That's what, yeah. yeah. So, um, because the city was like, no, we want to eminent domain you. We want you out of here. Right. And when a city wants something, the city wants something. Like, uh, in New York City, there was the yeah, Seneca Village. Right. Uh, do you, are you familiar with Seneca Village? Vaguely. So, it was this area where they wanted black people out of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, where where Central Park is, it was undeveloped land. So, they're like, oh, you you could have that land. So they bought the land. Mm-hmm. It was the first black settlement. Oh, wow. And even white people moved in. Irish, uh, like Irish people that weren't wanted in mm-hmm. the city. And uh, I think some German immigrants that weren't wanted. Yeah. They ended up uh, living there. Yeah, Volt. Um, they ended up living in, in this, uh, in Seneca Village until 
some developers go, hey, we want uh, we want land. Yeah, we want to build a park. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, oh, we're building it. We're going to give you, uh, you know, some money. You probably give them like shekels. Yeah. And nothing, you know, and uh, they're like, all right, you're going to take this and you're going to leave. And then they split up. Black people finally had their first like settled. Right. Like land in New York. Like and then, free free black people. And then you're like, nah, you're out of here. We don't want you here. And uh they they moved them out and now they have well at least there's a nice plaque for them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh there's a history of doing this, of saying it's just in, in like so when you say we live in a free country, fuck off. Well yeah, even with you we do not. We're talking about the neck. The last the last kind of vestige of that was Stonehouse Lane. Yeah. Which we talked about in the episode. If you go back in our archives, I think it's like episode like 10, 12, something like that. It's the neck, my dude. And they use this kid dying in an accident as kind of an excuse, but they really, the big thing is they wanted to extend I-76, and they wanted to connect it to uh, one of the bridges there, which is Walt Whitman that's right there by South Philly, or is it George Washington, or uh, Benjamin Franklin? Well, Ben Franklin's uh, down past, um, like, South Street. Yeah, I think it would have been the Walt, Walt Whitman Walt Bridge. Walt Whitman, yeah. yeah, so like, 476 kind of runs through the city, right, or the, like the Schuylkill Expressway. Yeah, and, so, and then yeah, ninety five runs by Delaware Ave. Right, so I think I think it was the, the Schuylkill Express where they went to kind of connect it to the bridge. Mm. So they had and it had to go right through the neck. So that's that's what they did. They went to made them out of there. Yeah, and uh, no, even like around here, well, it wasn't. I don't think it was just for that too. I think that they they, they wanted, wanted them gone. They wanted to develop. Yeah, uh, land. You know, because yeah, they wanted to build. Because my mom said that we're so we're like uh, we're the like Oregon. If you go to Philly, there's the we would call it the Oregon Diner. Uh, but the Oregon diner to Oregon, depending on what you, what you say. Most people say Oregon. I say Oregon. Yes. Most people do. Uh, so the Oregon diner, it would be the Oregon diner to other people. Oregon, if you're from Philly, uh, that area where, where that is and, uh, whatever else is down there. I don't, I don't even know what's, what's there at this point. Um, there used to be a Toys R Us and all that stuff. But my mom said that when she was growing, she remembers her just being like, just like marsh or, or like, uh, yeah. like fields. It's crazy. You know, but. You know, they they start to build it all up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So well, while they're right. building things up there, in 1985 they were knocking things down, and well, instead of building up, they were blowing up. I should say. During a 1985 standoff, the Philadelphia Police Department bombed the Move House at 6221 Osage, yeah. killing six adults and five children. 61 homes in the neighborhood were burned down in the in the uh, bombing as well. Now, was this Wilson Goods doing? He was the mayor. Uh, so I guess he had signed off on it, and it was the. Uh, yeah, I remember him. I remember when he was mayor. Yeah. I think he visited my school. Oh wow! Yeah, but I guess the police department also had a big say in it. But yeah, I believe Good signed off on it, which kind of helped with the racial blowback because Wilson Good is a black man, and uh, Move was a black group. Where if it would have been like a a, a Frank Ren, uh, Frank Rizzo or even an Ed Rendell, I think there would have might have been an even bigger racial blowback. Yeah. to the whole thing, and so this past Thursday. 35 years after the fact, Philadelphia's city council passed a unanimous resolution formally apologizing for the move bombing. Good. And uh, Jamie Gauthier, who recently was elected to city council, and she represents District 3, which is where Cobbs Creek is, which is where the move bombing happened. She said, uh, quote, this is very important to me. This is my district. Everybody remembers the image of Osage Avenue burning. Mm. And 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 it, it gets brought up all the time. You like Philadelphia bombed their own people. Yeah. Like not many not many cities have done that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in no, Eng by by the way, mm -hmm. uh, 
I find it fun. There was somebody because uh, the the idea of civil or the the talk of civil war came up on mm-hmm. when I was on stereo, and uh, some some guy was like, "Well, because um, because it's like okay, so if a civil war happens, right, right, who has all the guns? The right wing, the right, mm-hmm. the right has all the guns, so we're fucked, right? And it's like, well, no, because military will step in, and then this guy goes. No, that's not going to happen because we can't. We're not allowed to go against our. I go. Have you never heard of cops? Yeah. Like, yeah. What a stupid thing to say. Absolutely. From a smart man. Mm-hmm. Smart men saying stupid things. New segment. Be- <laughs> because this guy is saying dumb things. That's gonna be a spinoff podcast. I'm gonna do. Smart men saying stupid things. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Let's do it. Uh, maybe maybe we'll do the uh, fucking news or whatever we're called it. Local fucking news. Local fucking news. Well, we're just waiting for a, we're waiting for a, uh, a song. Oh, that's right. Isn't that the thing that we, yeah, we don't? We're not doing it again until we yeah, get we're a not song. Do, we're not doing it until we get a fucking song. So local fucking news comes when we get a local fucking song. Yeah, we're we're a national or a national fucking song. fucking song. Yeah, some I'm kind not, of fucking song. I'm not. Uh, yeah, I'm not, not too. Song, song fucking snob. Fucking no. song snob. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's going to be the name of my podcast because the uh, the podcast name I did want to take was already taken by somebody. What's that? Um, uh, do you remember Renee Young, right? Formerly of WWE. Yeah, sure. Renee Paquette is her yeah. real name. Is what she's using now. Yeah, she's starting her own podcast. Oh, and it's called Oral Sessions with Renee Paquette. Oral sessions. Oral sessions. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm gonna call mine Sonic Sessions. Oh yeah, I remember that on Y100. Yeah, my uh, my you know my podcast is gonna be called what Y100. Oh, I loved Y100. Yeah. I remember what it used You're to be called WDRE. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember. I remember. Still, still WDRE. <laughs> there you go. You're right. You done? Is that the. Is that going to be the music for local fucking. News? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bring in Scott Storch and he's going to play <laughs> on piano. Piano? Yeah, Scott Piani. Storch, by the way, from Philly. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, I think he's from, like, Long Island, but he lived in Philly for a while. Long Island, Philly. He, well, he grew up in, like, Florida, Florida, Florida. Florida. He grew up in Florida, and uh, he went to, like, Ben Salem High or, oh, something, wow. or high school in Ben Salem huh. and lived in Cherry Hill for a little bit. But, yeah, he's a, he's a Philly boy to, yeah. to an extent. Philly, Florida, Cherry Hill, Long Island. He's well, been everywhere. When he did the Still DRE theme, because mm-hmm. he's the one that composed it, Right. he actually went, he flew out to... Uh, california with the roots mm-hmm. and he started working with dre and uh dre had this like snare and 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 kick fucking thing was it in his headphones no the snare was in his headphones. headphones um <laughs> where's my snare where's my snare <laughs> you fucking diva uh so uh he's he starts playing like piano and uh he comes out with a and he's like mm-hmm. doing that and as he's doing that dre pops his head and he goes that's it <laughs> there he goes <laughs> that that that's the uh that's the executive ear there yeah that's, that's what i want yeah it's like that song jack and diane by uh john cougar mellencamp yeah those claps weren't supposed to be in the they were placeholders they're placeholders and yeah. they're like hey no the song was awful without those so yeah. let's just keep them in yeah, but uh, I, I think I have a pretty good ear too. I was actually talking about um, uh, an upcoming or, or an eventual photo shoot, like a promo shoot for mm-hmm. for us. Because that would we, be an eye, not an ear. That wasn't done. Oh, 
so an eventual photo sh- uh, shoot for us, because uh, we don't have like promo uh, pictures. Like we just don't have some. I think it's good to have other than just the logo. Like it'd be nice to have us do something. And I I figure we're both ugly, mm-hmm. so let's just put on makeup. Sure, but like not like Eddie Izzard makeup or anything. Okay, like that. Like, like face paint. Like the Road Warriors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, I was thinking like Taker, like Undertaker, like oh. circa 90. I thought I was going to get my hair cut like Animal. I'll give you a Mohawk? Yeah. I, I I can do the fucking Hulk. You can, yeah. I can do That's the... why I said Animal, because you're going to have to be Hulk. But I don't want to die away before you. Oh, okay. Well, I guess I have to. I can't... I'm the only one that could do the hair. Well, I can't. No, you could do that. I can't do the other hair. Yeah. I can get a, a wig. Okay. <laughs> Let's just not do the road warriors. Okay. You know, let's just stick with the How other about thing. demolition. They're both we still met alive. Them. Yeah. And we I wore their their I pay for the fucking picture and you got to wear the vest. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> it's been eleven years. <laughs> Has it really? Yeah. I don't even know where that picture is. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I have it somewhere. Wow. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Meanwhile anyway. in England. Meanwhile. Peter Sutcliffe. Uh we talked about him in May. He uh he's the notorious Yorkshire Ripper. Uh-huh. And he passed away last week at the age of 72, shortly after he had refused treatment following a COVID-19 diagnosis. Uh, R.I.P. Sutcliffe reportedly had suffered a heart attack about two weeks before that and had been in uh, failing health for some time, suffering from various conditions related to uh, diabetes. He he was a diabetic and had been in uh, rough shape. He was losing his eyesight. Uh, for quite some time. Shit. And uh, he, he had a lengthy hospital stay in 2018 and was said to be in failing health ever since. And yeah, he had a heart attack. He was rushed to the hospital and then he uh, he tested positive for COVID and said, nah, just let it take me away. And it did. Damn. Uh, so COVID kills bad people, too. Uh, Sutcliffe killed 13 women and tried to kill seven more in a five-year crime spree spanning in the late 1970s. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, if you go back uh, into, I believe it's somewhere in the 60s, somewhere around there, earlier this year, around May, we did uh, Yorkshire Ripper, my dude. Mm. All right. Next story. Stepfather kills two-year-old stepson after child interrupts him watching porn. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I I should mention, we're going to get into some grisly shit this week, and it's starting right here. Mm. Um, Martin Curry. Adams or uh, Smith? No. No. Not Grizzly uh, Adams? No. Not Grizzly Smith? No. G-R-I-S-L-Y. Grizzly. 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 I'm just going to keep saying that. It's a weird word. That, that That's going to be the uh, the theme to local fucking news. It's going to be you doing still DRE and just me going, Grizzly. 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 Uh, Martin Curry, 36. Grizzly. 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 Okay. Martin Curry, 36, has been sentenced to life in prison after the brutal murder of his two-year-old stepson, Keegan O'Brien. It's still Dre Day. Well, Chris, you're supposed to be Grizzly. Oh, Grizzly. Ready? It's yeah. still Dre Day. Grizzly. A.K. Grizzly. All right. Sarah O'Brien, Keegan's mother, was dropping off her older children at school when Keegan reportedly walked in on his stepfather, who was said to be laying down in bed watching pornography. Hmm. In a fit of anger, Martin is said to have slammed Keegan's head against a nearby wall, 
where investigators later found blood splattered. Oh, shit. Instead of calling for help, Martin Curry... The kids, too. Like, like, dude. What, what? They're not, not the best parents here. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Instead of calling for help, Martin Curry called his heroin dealer and perused online gambling sites. As one would normally do yeah. when they slam a two-year-old's head into a wall. Well, I've I've never I I've done one of these things. Uh, it's one of those like one of these things I is know. true. You won two thousand dollars when you were yeah, living at my house. I have either perused online gambling sites, called yeah. my heroin dealer, or slammed a two-year-old's head against the wall. Well, yeah, yes, the I have perused two online. Out, two gambling. out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I, I kicked heroin. I kicked a kid. <laughs> yeah, I kicked a kid. Just never slammed their head into a wall. <laughs> It's not a two-year-old. He no. went to like four to do that shit. Uh, despite Keegan being unresponsive, Martin and Sarah did not call an ambulance for two hours. Oh, Jesus. Killed just four days after his second birthday, Keegan had also suffered a broken spine, broken ribs, oh, fuck, and a broken arm weeks before his death. What? With it being believed to have been caused by his mother and stepfather handling him too harshly. What Why the didn't f- they get the kid the fuck out of there? Uh, Who? Who you know? Like, like child services, but they don't know. But how how child services is going to know to get them out of there? I mean, broken arm, broken spine, broken ribs. How rough are you handling that kid? But but the thing is, is was he taken to a hospital like with this, or did he have this broken spine? Yeah, broken, that's true. Yeah. And and not go to a hospital because mm-hmm. how how you know? Yeah, what, what the fuck do you expect? The, this the CYS or whatever the fuck they're going to be called? The, yeah, I don't know just, what the like, equivalent do is. In, uh, uh, senses tingle like they can't just know that's true yeah uh martin curry will be eligible for parole after 22 years although it is a life sentence sarah o'brien was sentenced to eight years for child cruelty and allowing the death of a child uh police recovered text messages in between martin and sarah calling the child a shithead and a wank stain i shouldn't laugh at that but it's kind of funny wank stain the is wank stain's kind of wank stain's a good insult band name yeah yeah so we're going to have a big bill here. It's going to be uh, Move in the Yorkshire Ripper. Yeah. It's going to be Cool-Headed Logicians mm-hmm. and Wangstain. And Wangstain. Yeah. Yeah. Wangstain would have definitely opened up for, like, Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Or, or like... Mudvayne. Uh, Mudvayne. Mudvayne and Wangstain. Wang <laughs> yeah. Well, there was Stained. Yeah. They got the, they get together as a super group. They're Wangstained. Yeah. Yeah. Wangstain, Mudvayne. Yeah. I like it. Wangvayne. Wank vein. Ew. Stain vein. Stain vein. Ew. Ew. Gross. So, uh, so that's this week in murder. This week in murder! Sad ending. And this show's not yet over. It's, not yet. It's only just begun, actually. Uh, but it is about only time for us to take... Begun. Isn't that a song? Yes. It's, uh, wasn't that the Carpenters, I believe? Is it? Yeah, it was one of those, like, older, older groups. So we're going to just take a really quick break here, and then we're going to be back with our uh, our main featured topic of the evening. With more murder. My dude. And we're back. Yeah, I, I am so excited to talk about the guy that did the theme for Ghostbusters. Uh, that was Ray Parker Jr. This is David Parker Ray. What's the difference? Uh, one was a singer. Yeah. Uh, who's did the theme from Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's uh, what we're talking about. Uh, no, we're talking about David Parker Ray, who is the toy box killer. Not the toolbox killer. I know we went over that earlier. Mm-hmm. The toy box killer. David Parker Ray. Well, then I shouldn't ever write notes again. No, maybe you shouldn't. Okay. All right. So, yeah. These cases tend to fall in the groups. Uh, certain cases just seem to have... Uh, 
Did you do any research at all on this before we get into this? Like, what do you know about the toy box killer? I thought we were doing the toolbox kill. Uh, no, toy box killer. Well, nothing. I know. Okay. I know. He. Uh, I know that he. Uh, something about uh, he he disposed of bodies in uh elephant butt uh lake or something. elephant butte. Ele- what butte? Elephant puke. Butte. B u t t e. Elephant butte. So it's not elephant butt. No, and it's not elephant puke. Elephant butte. Like beauty? Uh, kind of, but shortened. Like Butte, Montana. Have you ever heard of Butte, Montana? Yeah, I've heard of Butte, Montana. Yeah, same thing. Elephant Butte Lake. What was it? Uh, in Elephant Butte. Elephant's a Butte. Kind of. Hmm. Yeah. I had like three elephant butt jokes. Well, I don't. I was going to say save them, but I, I can't think and of any scenario I, I was, we're going to use them. I was going to use. I was going to somehow tie in this elephant, like these three elephant butt jokes I have mm-hmm. with uh, Ray Parker, the junior. How? Well, it's, it doesn't matter now. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. This has nothing to do with Ray Parker Jr. or Elephant Butts. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll take the lead Apparently. on this one. I'll, I'll, I'll take the lead on this one. Uh, so these cases tend to fall in the groups, and certain cases just seem to have an echo of other Get ones in their midst. The uh, this week, we are looking at the toy box killer, David Parker Ray. Mm. No relation to Ray Parker Jr. Mm. Um, and... This will definitely remind some longtime listeners of the Miranda Project, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Yeah, I remember her. She uh, she does the, all the all those crazy YouTube videos. Uh, that was Miranda Sings, I yeah. think. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that the Miranda Project? No, no. That was the story we'd had about the guys who had a bunker in uh, in California where they would like just bring women in as their sex slaves. Uh, very similar to this story. Uh, also, kind of similar to the similarly named toolbox killers that we brought up earlier. And in a rare twist for stories we cover, David Parker Ray was never actually convicted of murder. Okay. Uh, law enforcement and people who have studied the case are convinced, however, that he was responsible for the deaths of many women. And like many of the killers we've covered, David Parker Ray's backstory is seemingly tailor-made for making a monster. He was born in late 1939 in Bellin, a small town in central New Mexico, just south of Albuquerque, uh, that has since almost quadrupled in population. So it's getting a little bit bigger now. David's father, Cecil, was in and out of the picture. What when about he, Beanie? Uh, no Beanie. Mm. Just Cecil. Be the mill? No. Uh, Cecil, Cecil Ray. Oh. Uh, Cecil Ray. Do you remember Cecil be demented? I do, yeah. That was a John Waters movie, right? Was it? Was that his last? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a John Waters movie. Oh, I didn't know it was a John Waters movie. Oh, dude, yeah. I love that movie. Uh, who was in that? Um, uh, Stephen Dorff. Dorff, yeah. Melanie Griffith, I want to say. Good fucking movie. Yeah, I like that one. Um, okay. but Yes, uh, David's father, also named Cecil, nothing to do with that movie. Okay. He was in and out of the picture. Maybe when he was out of the picture, he was looking for Beanie. Maybe that's where Beanie comes in. Uh, but when David's father was there, he was usually drinking, and he was usually beating either David David's mother or David's younger sister, Peggy, or some combination of the three. And uh, Cecil walked out when David was 10 and he moved north to Albuquerque and his visits were a lot more sporadic after that. One thing David's father would do he would when he would come back is he would um, or he would even send packages to David. And at a very, very early age through his father, uh, David was was exposed to S&M themed pornography. 
uh, which was something that would shape his life greatly going forward. And once Cecil Ray was out of the picture, David was largely raised by his grandfather on his mother's side, who was a, uh, no, no, actually on his father's side, who was a very stern disciplinarian. Uh, quote, his, his grandfather was very, very strict, said Audie Miranda, funny Miranda again, a childhood friend, neighbor, and classmate who was interviewed for John Glatt's book on the case, Cries in the Desert, which is, was a great source of resor- uh, research this week. Um, David came from, or David's grandfather came from the old school where he had to be tough to survive, uh, Audie said. If his grandfather wanted David to jump, he'd jump. Maybe in today's terms he was abusive, but we called it being strict. Uh, so if you were strict by 1939 standards, by today it would absolutely be considered abusive. Oh, yeah. I, I remember as a kid, I would hear like, Ah, oh, you're lucky that your great grand yeah, he would, you know, like backhand you, beat the shit out of you, and like all this stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why? Why would you let him be abusive? Yeah. Why is that? That's just it, it's it's in people's fucking you know they're it's ingrained in them. Yeah. To to believe that that's the way things should be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what else? What was a thing? Rape. Yeah. Like th- that was just common. It was commonplace to just rape people. Mm-hmm. It was commonplace. Oh, it's just boys having fun. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. I'm talking about just like like long ago. Yeah. Like let's just go back two thousand years ago. Right. You wanted a woman, you just take the fucking woman. Yes. You wanted a woman. Could, what if you couldn't find a woman? What if you found a bunch of men that look like women? Right. Uh so that was commonplace. Yes. That was, you know, normal behavior. Mm-hmm. Should that be accepted today? Absolutely no. not. Fucking yes. things change. Things change. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so. Uh, how the fuck are you okay with that? I don't know. I'm not okay with it. No. Just to be clear. Okay. I'm going to come out firmly against child abuse and rape. Yeah. I am firmly, firmly against both of those. And, uh, and uh, another form of abuse, I think, should be teaching kids religion. It's abusive. Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a little more controversial, but. Yeah. And uh, being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, it totally. Be, it should totally. be illegal. Punishable by death. Yeah. Um, David kept to himself largely as a uh, as a child. As a teenager, he was quite shy around girls in particular. Uh, he would get red in the face of a girl so much as said hello to him. Uh, I was like, uh, you see that trope sometimes in like, especially like cartoons and things like that. Like yeah. just the ner- like not even a nerdy kid, but just a kid who just can't really handle talking to girls. Yeah. Um, he was a poor student, like I said, not much of a nerd, he was, he was like a D student, and he wasn't mo- much of an athlete, he was smaller than a lot of the boys in his class. Uh, he did play the trombone as an extracurricular he activity. He did play the trumpet! No, the trombone. The trumpet! Nope, trombone. A little bit of David in my life. No. No. Hmm. Nothing to do with Lou Bega. Uh, but we're- Mambo number five! <laughs> uh, where David really found his niche was when he started getting into mechanics and engineering. Mm-hmm. And he had gotten a motor scooter as a 13th birthday present from his grandparents. And he just did that thing that some kids do, the ones that are more mechanically inclined, where he just wanted to take it apart and put it back together again. Yeah. And see how all the little parts worked. And he was a savant. He was great at this stuff. He was great at mechanics. And he could repair things very easily, reconstruct things. And more important to our story, and more horrific for his victims, as he became a teenager, David's interest was really really getting more and more in depth as far as uh being sadistic sexually uh, he had a lifelong fascination with bondage and domination that would eventually overtake his life and that's where our story really takes hold and this is why pornography is bad um, this is what it does 
we start to get into all these things and we 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 start to okay fetishes and all this stuff and then people want to start doing this and then they they get all murdery and rapey yeah it, it, if it's between consenting adults i guess it's okay but it's but like no, you never know when that it's yeah but th- th- this is the argument against pornography yeah. like look what it does it's like look what it did to this one person yeah out of the millions yeah that- well, I mean, there's been others. There's been others, yeah. uh, obviously, but then the numbers are. Ted so- Bundy's tried to blame. Tr- he tried to blame porn for his, uh, for his uh, craziness. Yeah, no, you got to blame something, right? Yeah, we can't blame yourself. Yeah. No one would ever do that. Um, but anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. It's there, way but over f- there. But first, David moved to Albuquerque, where he graduated from high school and had a child, David Elvin Funk Ray, Albuquerque. With a uh, woman he'd later marry and divorce. Mm-hmm. The divorce happened while David was in the army, where he served as a mechanic mainly. And David wound up getting custody of their son, who was large, largely cared for early in his life by David's mother. After leaving the military and finding work alternating times as a trucker and as a mechanic, David married again at the age of 26, this time to Glenda Burdine, eight years his junior. A year later, the couple had a daughter, Glenda Jean, who would go by Jesse through most of her life. Or She's still alive. Uh, David and his daughter would ultimately grow very close, despite David leaving his family early in, in Jesse's life to take up the hippie lifestyle for a while. It wound up being a phase, and by the end of the 1960s, David was back in Albuquerque caring for both of his children and working as an auto mechanic while studying to work on airplanes, too. But while David was looking the part of the consummate family man, his dark sexual fantasies were taking hold on occasion. David would later claim that he would be fine for long stretches, sometimes months at a time, but then he would grow absolutely obsessed with uh, increasingly darker and more violent sexual thoughts to the point where he eventually said he was unable to ejaculate unless he was fantasizing about killing a woman. Yeah, sometimes you uh, you do you start. It's weird because it's like. After a while, you look at the same type of porn, and you're like, I need something else now, mm-hmm. you know? I said earlier, it gets stagnant. So, yeah. mature Latina no longer doing it for you? Fucking dude, I I was looking at it today. Oh, okay. I was looking at mature Latina and I was like, yeah, today I was like, no, nah, I'm, not, I'm not feeling Are it. Are you today. more of a fart on dick mood today? <sighs> no, but, oh. but I was looking at like young Latina. Oh, okay. Uh, yesterday, and there was this girl on it, and this is the picture. There was shit on her fucking ass and one of her pussy lips. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it looked like spicy brown mustard. Mm hmm. And I'm like, this girl was probably doing it. I'm I'm guessing because mm-hmm. there was one because there's one like a couple shots where there, it's not on there. I'm guessing she was like doing it. It was like had to go to the bathroom. It was right. like I'll be right back. Went and shit and just was rushing and yeah. a little bit got on her. You know, was still on mm-hmm. her butthole and on her pussy lip. Well, don't those porn people like do like hundreds of movies a year? Isn't it like a like well, a high was, volume this business? This was this was like pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but like it's like they they didn't see it. There's no quality control. There's no Photoshop. Seriously. There's no fix it in post. Yeah. Yeah. I guess not. There is. Maybe they just fucking didn't look close enough. Yeah. Like, why would you let that slide? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was disgusting. I looked. I was. I was like, it's clear. It's clearly shit. Yeah. It's clearly shit because it wasn't in a bunch of other pictures. But it wasn't a couple. Right. And it's like, no, that's that's obviously shit. Why is it on her pussy lip? You don't wipe that way. You don't wipe fucking back to front. Like, why is it on her pussy? Like, yeah, th- I had so many questions about this. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, so, yeah, that's it was more like uh, my, my porn turned into like uh, investigative porn. <laughs> I have to crack this case. Now. Yeah. So is it shit? <laughs> but I didn't I didn't bookmark it. And that's oh. that's bothering me. So I went back and I was looking more today for it. I was trying to find <laughs> I was trying to find the pictures. Man, I I I don't that Google stream's gonna be interesting. Young Latina she doesn't wipe well. That's a very specific type of porn. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but I guess like is I guess there's a. Have certain, I talked about far, the, my fart on dick fetish? I believe you have. Yes. Oh wow. I believe you have. That's a that's a definitely a fetish I have. Yeah, mm-hmm. farting on dicks. Yeah, because I fucking my one ex years ago. Uh, I I was really into that. I was like, I, was, I wasn't into it. Like I was, it was like I wanted somebody to do it just because right. I thought it'd be funny. Mm-hmm. And then and then I'd start like looking up porn, like, and I'm like, this is so gross. <laughs> it's an actual thing. Like there's actually, yeah. Oh wow, yeah. Okay. I guess it takes all kinds. Okay. Oh, there's so many different types of fucking weird ass porn out there. But I guess David's thing was like he was. It was all about bondage and shit uh mac yeah sadomasochism bondage yeah sadomac and cheese yeah. uh yeah sado tanaka the orient express yeah mm. and then if you put a mask on it's kato tanaka gotcha <laughs> but anyway uh by the 1980s david had divorced his third wife whom he had met during his hippie days and he briefly took off to victoria texas which is where they always build steve austin, steve austin yeah. as being from uh, and later he moved to the fast-growing city of Phoenix, Arizona. He married again. Yeah, Steve Austin did not live in Phoenix. No, he, he we're, moved... again, we're talking about David Parker Ray. Oh, uh, the guy from Ghostbusters. No, it was Ray Parker Jr. Fuck, I keep doing that. This is the toy box killer. Not, not the, the toolbox tool killer. killer. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, uh, even though he was out of his kids' lives for long stretches, he remained very close with his daughter, Jessie, who uh, had a rebellious streak of her own. She was a biker, uh, pretty fairly for the time, open lesbian. And um, by the the 80s, David was beginning to act more on his impulses when it came to rough sex. He was a big player in the S&M scene in Phoenix. But uh, his time in Arizona's biggest city came to an end in the early 1990s because David had leased a parcel of land in Elephant Butte, New Mexico. And not a, Elephant Butt. No, or okay. Elephant Puke. Elephant Butte. B-U-T-T-E. Elephant Butte. Uh, it's a small town just outside of Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Oh, where Cactus Jack is from. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and Elephant Butte was such a small town. It didn't even have a traffic light. Uh, just a very small town, mainly built around. It just uh, had an elephant with a lantern. Yes. Mm. No. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a very small town. Basically, it was built around a, uh, Elephant Butte Lake, which you brought up earlier, which was actually a man-made reservoir. It was a very large man-made reservoir with a dam and a state park around it. Damn. Too. Yeah. D-A-M. No N. No. Just a damn. Damn. Somebody somebody on my Facebook posted a thing about where uh do you know where like vanilla flavoring comes from? Um well, one of the ingredients in vanilla flavoring. Not vanilla extract, vanilla flavoring, like artificial. No, I don't know. Uh part of artificial vanilla flavoring comes from this chemical that they get from glands in a beaver's anus. <laughs> really? Yeah, it comes from beaver anus. No way. When you're eating, like, vanilla ice cream, unless it's made from pure vanilla extract, you're eating beaver anus juice. What? Yes. Yeah. And so they post this thing, and they're like, they're like, don't look it up. And I looked it up, and I just typed, damn. But D-A-M, because it's a beaver? Yeah. That was my uh, one-word response, was just, damn. Damn. Yeah, just like uh, anything with red food coloring. Uh, is that from a bug? I know that. 
crushed beetle carcass yeah yeah that's yeah i'm i'm fine with that yeah. I, i'm still gonna eat the vanilla but that's crazy yeah, yeah it comes from uh from yeah. beaver anal and glands just, you figured that they would another great name for a band too beaver anal glands yeah like you figure that the people this is why they just say from natural and uh, natural and artificial flavors i guess that's a natural flavor yeah yeah uh why are they not telling people that they're this is what this is though? I guess they don't have to, and they don't want to scare people off. Huh. So so anyway, <laughs> it's funny that reminded well, me. I'm posting that on my fucking Instagram now. It uh it reminded me of something we were talking with your oldest son. And he was like, Would you eat a cricket for what did he say, like a thousand dollars? We were like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Would you eat a cricket for a hundred? Like, yeah. So we both eaten crickets, but I know I have. Eat, you have too, I've right? I've already eaten them. Yeah, yeah. I I paid for to free. Eat crickets. I, I, yeah, I was gonna say I, I bought actually, them. I bought. Yeah, I mean, me it was too. like sour cream and onion flavored crickets. I got the the cheddar and a sour cream and onion. I yeah. think a barbecue one too. And um, so he's like, "Would you eat it for a dollar?" I'm like, "Yeah." Can Can I eat more than one and get more than one dollar? He's like, "Yeah." Like if I could do that, my new job would be professional cricket eater because they're not big. You can put away what, like maybe you could eat like 600 crickets a day, right? First of all, you're you're getting protein, you're getting a lean source of protein, sustenance, and you don't have to, you're going to save a lot of money on food because after you eat 600 crickets and you make $600 that day, you're not going to be hungry. So yeah, that, I would love to be a professional cricket eager if I could just find somebody that'll pay me a dollar a cricket. And But that, that has nothing to do with, with David Parker, Ray. Uh, when David got to Elephant Butte, he worked as a mechanic for a little while, but then he wound up becoming a park ranger. As we as we were saying, Elephant Butte had a state park and a dam, and and David worked with the state park service. His coworkers tend to enjoy his company. He had a reputation for constructing gadgets like snake catchers. Did you ever see the things they use them in the SPCA a lot, where it's like basically a noose on a pole? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, and they're using the wrangle a dog. He he basically basically like made a smaller one to catch snakes without having to get too close to them. Right. Uh, little things like that, and and people tend tended to like him at his job. Hmm. And David wound up buying this parcel of land in Elephant Butte, and he placed a double wide trailer on the residence. Um, and he moved there full time when he got the job. But he also had a smaller trailer in the back, which is where he had his toy box. Uh, it was a cargo trailer, I believe, and the toy box was an S&M dungeon straight out of, like, some crazy, twisted horror porn movie. They should have an SNL dungeon. It's just people doing bad impressions? Yeah, and, it's uh, just SNL. <laughs> it's just weekend update nonstop. Yeah. And they don't let you watch the Norm MacDonald episodes. It's just heavy on the Dennis Miller. Uh, the gays. OJ. You're a bad man, OJ. Actually... Dennis Miller would always say you're a bad man, OJ. Yeah. But then Norm MacDonald got fired for making OJ jokes. Boy. David uh David also found a kindred spirit of sorts, uh in in the Truth or Consequences area. Cindy Hendy. Uh they didn't marry, but they were they because David had already divorced his fourth wife at this point. Uh but he, Cindy Hendy shared his pension for brutal kinky sex. Uh the two and David's daughter Jesse all lived in the trailer. And at this point, we should probably fast forward. We're going to kind of do that. Uh, we're going to skip a lot of the middle here and get to the end of, of the story a bit. Uh, and, and the point we're going to skip forward to is the mid-afternoon of March 22nd, 1999. And I'm going to try to paint the picture for you here. Doris Mitchell, a retired woman returning from a grocery run in Truth or Consequences, was driving down Bass Road in Elephant Butte, which is where David's trailer was. 
when she saw a frantic woman trying to flag down her car. Flag down. Cause... By the way, uh, the, the beaver thing is not really that true anymore. Oh, it isn't. No. Uh, Damn. Yeah. Uh, a food scientist at the University of Wisconsin-Madison says mm-hmm. uh, the cost is prohibitive. It's really gone out of style. Oh, they use like some kind of synthetic thing now? Yeah. Yeah, they use... Um, Make it in a lab? Uh, they refine uh, petrochemicals. Oh, that's much better. Yeah. Um, Pet- typically, wait, two chemicals. Pe- petro? Is that oil? Like petrol? It's petrol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, so now we're eating oil instead. It's. I don't. I don't know what the hell we're eating, right. but it's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but apparently, it's not that stuff anymore. Okay. Good to know. So Doris Mitchell is driving down the road on March 22nd, 1999. Uh, in tr- uh, she just come back from Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. And she's driving down Bass Road in Elephant Butte. And she see- sees a frantic woman trying to flag down her car. And the woman is completely naked. Uh, completely naked, wearing only a metal collar around her neck, padlocked on her neck. And roughly five feet of chain is dangling behind her. Uh, the woman was also bleeding profusely from the back of her head. Not sure how to process what she was seeing, Doris, Mitchell's, uh, Doris Mitchell ignored the woman's pleas to let her into her car. Instead, when this naked woman tried to open her car door, she locked the doors and drove and, and sped off. And uh, several other cars rode past the woman as well. Uh, and the woman wound up running for about a mile. So, just a horrible scene. Like, a uh, naked woman running a mile with a chain around her neck. Uh, and then she noticed a nice-looking mobile home in a neighboring street and entered without knocking. Darlene Breach, one of the people who lived in the home, was watching TV and was obviously startled by the sight in front of her. Please help me, the frantic woman cried. Don't let them get me. Darlene called 911 and got a robe for the woman to wear. And when police arrived, the wo- woman ran out of the trailer and fell at their feet, yelling, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. I broke free, I broke free. We'll explore her ordeal and the ordeals of others like her right after this. Hey, this is Jackson Wells. You know me from Murder, My Dude, but you may not know that I have a new nostalgia podcast. Talking Back is my new podcast where I'll talk about everything from bikes to trains to, well, you get it. We're going to be talking classic toys, cartoons, wrestling, games, and more. And it's not just me. I'll have a new guest on each week to reminisce about their childhood favorites. Make sure to visit ProjectHumanoid.com to figure out more about guests, the premiere date, and other information. And follow Talking Back Pod on Instagram as well. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-A-C-K-P-O-D on Instagram. Hey, Anthony here from Tornado Tag Podcast. We cover everything from WWE, NXT, AEW, and also cover the local scene with shows like Outbreak, PPW, and much more. Tune in every Friday for news, our take on local shows, and a weekly topic. Search IWEP Network. That's IWEP Network on YouTube or your favorite podcast or music app. We'll see you then. Until then, support local wrestling. The woman who fled naked from David Parker Ray's trailer was Cynthia Vigil, a 22-year-old prostitute with a history of heroin addiction. Many of Ray's victims were prostitutes, and her sordid history meant that she was not exactly going to be the most credible witness. 
But Vigil's account was a hard one. The whole ordeal started three days before. David Parker Ray and his girlfriend Cindy Hendy. So this is going to be a little tricky. Here, Cindy is the girlfriend, uh, one of the bad guys, and Cynthia is the victim here. So Cindy's bad, Cynthia is good. And uh, Cindy and David drove their camper to Albuquerque to visit a pimp, with Cindy leaving the car while David requested a girl to give him a blowjob. That girl was Cynthia Vigil, who was uh, in need of drug money at the time. David went into the camper where he waited for the deal to be consummated. When Cynthia came into the RV and said it would be $30 for said blowjob, David produced a silver badge and told Cynthia that she was being arrested on solicitation charges. For said blowjob. For said blowjob, yes. Uh, I guess he used his park ranger job and was basically acting like he was a cop. Mm -hmm. I don't know how exactly it worked. Um, Cynthia Vigil, who uh, knew most of the cops in the area, realized this wasn't an arrest pretty quickly. She tried to escape, but Cindy Hendy was in the bathroom of the camper and emerged with a stun gun. There was a struggle, and uh, the two overpowered Cynthia Vigil, who was handcuffed and shackled. Her eyes and mouth were duct taped, and uh, her restraints were attached to eye screws mounted onto the wall of the camper. Oh, shit. So this was built in. There was built in shit for this. Yeah. Um, after stopping at a gas station, they made Cynthia strip naked and told her they were going to rape her and let her go. Back in Elephant Butte, they brought Cynthia into David's trailer, where she was tied to a bed in the room in the middle of the double wide. They placed the padlock metal collar around Cynthia's neck and tied her arms and legs to the bed frame. David then played an audio tape that was about five minutes long that he had pre-recorded. Hello there, bitch, it began. Are you comfortable right now? I doubt it. Wrists and ankles chained, gagged, probably blindfolded. You are disoriented and scared, too, I would imagine. Perfectly normal under the circumstances. The tape lasted for five minutes and basically it, it told her that she was going to uh, basically be their sex slave now. Um, after the tape played, David and Cindy brought in a generator and Cindy held a gun on Cynthia, threatening the shooter if she tried to escape while David used wires attached to the generator to torture Cynthia with electric shocks. I imagine like, I, I can't imagine that <clears throat> you're just living this normal life or whatever. I'm mm -hmm. oh, not, not normal. Cause she was a prostitute, right? Yeah. Prostitute addicted to heroin. Yeah. So she wasn't really living a normal life. But still, still, you don't expect this. No, no, you don't expect this. This is like some movie shit out of a movie. Yeah. A bad movie. Yeah. This isn't even a good fucking movie. You're like, yeah, okay. shit out of like what they, what they would literally call now torture porn. Right. You know, you watch like or like like saw. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you watch it. You're like, yeah, that wouldn't happen in real life. And this shit's happening in real life. It's it's so horrifying. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is this is a uh, this is a pretty sick case. Yeah. Uh, David, who had trouble maintaining an erection, assaulted Cynthia with a variety of sex toys, one of which was a large dildo with spike-like sharp points at the bottom of it. Uh, a mechanism David called the spreader was used, two of them actually, one for the knees and one for the ankles. They were metal bars that could be adjusted to be pushed out wider, and they were used to keep the victim's ankles and knees apart. Eventually, the pain from all of this made Cynthia Vigil pass out. And uh, this pretty much kept going on and off for the next few days. On March 22nd, 1999, Cynthia was left chained to the wall by the metal collar she had been wearing. David Ray promised to introduce her to the toy box when he returned from work later that day. Cindy Hendy was left in charge of Cynthia and made the mistake of leaving the keys to the collar 
on a coffee table near the bed where Cynthia was being held captive. When Cindy left the room to watch television later that afternoon, Cynthia stretched out as far as she could and was able to pull the coffee table closer to her with her feet. And she was able to snag the keys again with her. She pulled the coffee table with her feet and then was able to reach the keys with her hands and unlocked the padlock connecting the chain that was attached to the wall. Uh, first, Cynthia tried to call 911, but Cindy caught her and smashed a lamp over her head. Cynthia fought back, though, and grabbed an ice pick from a nearby table. She didn't, I don't think she stabbed her with it, but she was like a wait for her hand and like hit her in the head with it and knocked her out. And that's when Cynthia made her escape and eventually went into the trailer and, and got a hold of the police. So police had plenty at this point because Cynthia had actually escaped the uh, the house. They had plenty of the used to level charges at this point, but they wanted more. They were worried that uh, there were a lot. There was a lot that Cynthia couldn't remember about the three days. We'll get into why in a little bit. They thought she wouldn't be the most credible witness because she was a prostitute, because she was a drug addict. So they were a little worried. They wanted more evidence. Luckily, they found a lot of it. They stumbled on the tape that David Parker Ray had. I'm um, afraid of no tape. Well, he should have been. The tape was a big reason he got he got arrested. Oh. And uh, luckily, they also stumbled on some other things, evidence-wise. David Parker Ray liked to videotape his escapades. And police had the different... like... While he was skating? No, no, not ice capades, escapades. It's a bad joke. It was an awful joke. <laughs> um, and police had the difficult task of scouring the home movies for evidence. That joke stinks on ice. Yeah, and off ice too. It stinks everywhere. Yeah. Um, knowing that Ray would likely say the encounters were consensual, they wanted to find another victim to serve as a witness. One of the victims that they found filmed in the toy box, which again was another trailer that was kept in the back, which is where a lot of the higher level torture stuff was done. Um, one of the victims filmed in the toy box had a very distinctive tattoo of a tribal swan on her right calf. Police tried to find the victim based on that tattoo. And so they asked around and they actually had some luck because they just asked people who were frequenting the uh, like the, the social scene in Elephant Butte and Truth or Consequences and they recognized the tattoo as belonging to Kelly Van Cleve, a woman who was casually acquainted with Jesse Ray, David Parker Ray's daughter. And what? Don't you remember that song? Are you Jesse Ray? That was our. Who wants to know? That was Jimmy Ray. Oh, wasn't it? Or was it Johnny Ray? It was Jimmy Ray, right? I think it was Jimmy Ray. Yeah. Who wants to know? I do remember that. Uh, but this is Jesse Ray, David's daughter. Uh, Kelly had left town after her marriage fell apart. And uh, she was now living in Colorado. Colorado, as they Colorado. said. Colorado, yeah. Kelly acknowledged that the tattoo they showed her was certainly hers, but she had no recolle recollection of being subject to David Parker Ray's House of Horrors. She did have some missing time, though, uh, that she had always wondered about that had indirectly led to the breakup of her marriage. Kelly had been briefly married to Patrick Murphy, a United States Marine in Truth or Consequences, and um, shortly after their marriage, they had a pretty big fight. Kelly had a medical issue that made sexual intercourse either uncomfortable or just downright painful. Um, so they, they fought over sex, basically, and, and that led to a big fight. And after that fight, Kelly went out to the bar to blow off some steam. She claims to have had only one drink. She was hanging out with some friends earlier in the night. She was actually a designated driver. Uh, but later on, she had a drink, she said. Uh, around some friends, including Jesse Ray. The drink hit her hard. Uh, was most likely, uh, most likely she was roofied. 
and she felt she couldn't drive back from Elephant Butte to Truth or Consequences that night, so she asked Jesse Ray to drive her home. Jesse said she was also too drunk to drive her all the way back to Truth or Consequences, but she would be able to take her back to her house and her and her father's trailer where she, and she could crash there. And the next thing Kelly recalled was three or four days later being at the Diamond Shamrock Diner with David Parker Ray. Uh, he was dressed for work in his Park Rangers uniform, and he told her that he had found her wandering around a nearby beach mumbling incoherently. Kelly going missing and having no recollection of where she had been or what she had done was enough to end her marriage. Uh, she had irrational fears uh, of things later on, like duct tape or the sound of metal clanking. But it wasn't until she met with police that she began to piece together what had actually happened to her. Uh, she was kept in the toy box for days uh, with no food or water. Her toilet was a bucket and uh, her bed was a gynecological table she was tied up on. Uh, the reason she couldn't piece together. It's, it's her funny because earlier when you were saying about like he had a tool called the spreader. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, I'm like, is it like a gynecologist thing? Like how you could put your fur, uh, they, your they, feet up like on stirrup. stirrups. Yeah. And then like some kind of thing to like spread it apart. Like, well, they, 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 he did have a table in the toy box. It was that mm -hmm. like it had the stirrups, but to keep to keep his victims from being able to close their knees and legs, he, he had he made a spreader. Yeah, he yeah. he basically had these. It was like it was like a metal bar with I straps. And it I would understand like, that, yeah. but was it that was his invention? Or, yes. Okay. Yeah, he actually made it because I, mean, I was wondering. I was like, is that like a guy gynecologist? Tool? No, I don't think they. No, like uh, they, you just keep your feet in the stirrups. I don't think they, they yeah, do anything know, to force that. them open. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, again, he was very mechanically inclined. He made a lot of right a lot of these like, things. This dude could have been fucking creating a lot of really cool shit yeah like he was doing it for his day job but his passion unfortunately was raping women yeah uh he, <laughs> it, like he, he took that that mechanical genius and he put it in the wrong direction mm. um and the reason that that uh the kelly couldn't piece together her ordeal was that david had given her drugs uh specifically sodium pentothal and phenobarbital uh which induced amnesia so she literally couldn't really remember what had happened to her. Uh, David Parker Ray was also charged in a third attack, one against Angelica Montano, a missing woman whom Cynthia Vigil claimed that Cindy Hendy told her uh, they had abducted Hello. and murdered. My name is Angelica Montano. Yes. No. 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 She, she was killed, not her father. She was killed. Oh, my father was killed, prepared to die. Well, she did die. I, I'm prepared to die. Uh, Hendy and Jesse Ray were both charged too, as well as David's friend, Dennis Roy Yancey, who turned state's evidence and admitted to strangling his ex-girlfriend, Marie Parker, at David's urging. There's just a whole bunch of fucking really weird people. Where is this? Uh, this Arizona? Is New Mexico. New Mexico? I'm not going to New Mexico. Uh, they say truth or consequences. I don't know about now, but at the time, it was known as not being the best place. Okay. Well, I'll never go there. And uh, so Marie Parker was Dennis Roy Yancey's ex-girlfriend who... Uh, they lured into the toy box as well, and then afterward, because she knew them, David uh, got her ex-boyfriend, Dennis Roy Yancey, to kill her. He stra uh, strangled her, and uh, then they hid the body. Yancey was sentenced to 22 years in prison uh, because, again, he cooperated. He was paroled after 11 years, but he wound up going back to jail for violating his parole. His 22-year sentence actually ends next year. It ends in 2021. Police had difficulty finding Marie Parker's body where Yancey said it would be. They believe that David Parker Ray, um, they believe that he basically would use his job as a park ranger to hide bodies in remote areas that weren't accessible to the public. 
and where like they would never be found. And that even after uh, he and, and Yancey hid this body, that he moved it afterwards. So even if Yancey took somebody to the body, it wouldn't be there. And, 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 and to that extent, it worked. He was never charged with murder. We brought that up at the very beginning. He was never charged with murder. Uh, Cindy Hendy, who also testified against David, was sentenced to 36 years in prison and was paroled and released in 2019. Uh, Jesse Ray, the uh, daughter, was convicted of kidnapping in the Kelly Van Cleve case. She served two and a half years in prison with an additional five years probation. And while no murder charges were levied, David Parker Ray was sentenced to a total of uh, 224 years in prison on a variety of charges. However, he would only be in jail for a few years. Uh, He died of a heart attack on May 28th, 2002. So just a little bit more than three years after he got caught, he died of a heart attack shortly before he was going to be questioned by state police. And that is the story of the toy box killer and his, and his many accomplices. Yeah, that's crazy. I guess it was like an open secret. Not that he was like killing people. I guess people might've thought that, but I guess it was considered like a, what were his tall tale. What were his charges? Uh, kidnapping, rape. Um, I, I, I don't know the exact charges and how many of it was a plea bargain. So I don't know what exactly he pled to, but. Altogether, it was 200. I guess it was one of those things where they could have pressed a murder charge if they want, and they could have went for the death penalty, but they did the uh, the plea with him to um, to get life in prison. And it, I mean, it worked out for the best anyway, because he would have died before he would have gotten executed anyway. Hmm. But yeah, so again, just yeah, it's like how they never got Al Capone on like murder. They got yeah, tax, tax evasion. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's always interesting how they uh, how they how they get people on different things. And just the things that, that kind of get you found. Well, this one, it was somebody escaped. That was how they they, they found him. I mean, who knows how long it would have lasted if she didn't escape. It's crazy just because um, Cindy Handy leaves the uh, the keys on the the keys on the coffee table nearby. Huh. Okay. Well, that's that. So now it's time to pack up. and It's time to do one other thing before that. It's time for another game of Who Died. That's right, everybody. It's time for your favorite game, Who Died the Worst? It's not Who Died the Funniest. It's not Who Died the First. The name of the game is Who Died the Worst. And uh, joining me for this is uh, Snacks and Wells. That's right. Always got a snack in hand. Well, especially during Who Died the Worst. This is the time of the show where we're getting close to the end and it's time to break open the snacks for Snacks and Wells. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're not familiar with how this works, if you're a new listener, I'm going to give Jackson Snacks and Wells over here uh, three deaths. He's going to tell me which of these three people died the worst. And we do have a little bit of a theme here. Um, I like the way you said here. 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 Kermit the Frog here. Um, when your room looks kind of weird and you wish you weren't there. I can't do Miss Piggy. Oh, okay. I can't do the just close your eyes and make believe and you can be anywhere. Mm. These are all uh, falls. These are all going to be falling deaths to a degree. Um, so let's just get out of the way. I don't think any of these three people did the rowboat thing. Um, where you're when you're falling, you try to sit up and act like you're rowing a boat. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of them would have been quite possible. These are all shorter falls. Death number one. This is a very recent one. Uh, it was a workplace death. By the way, mm-hmm. 
And that would be a great jumping leg drop. The robo? So he jumps to, and starts doing a robo. Yeah, that'd be and, great. Yeah. The robo leg drop. I love it. Yeah. Uh, death number one here is James Thompson. Uh, he was uh, 58 at the time of his death, which was, I believe, earlier Wasn't this week. Boxer? Uh, J- James Thompson, I believe, was an MMA guy. Yeah, he fought Kimbo. He was the guy whose ear got blown up. Mm-hmm. Kimbo like, hit him in the ear. I think he fought uh, Malenko's brother. Or Emilianenko's brother, rather. Oh, Mal- yeah. Malenko. Uh, Ale- Listen to me. Yeah, he fought Joe Malenko. Nice. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, I think he did fight Alexander Emilianenko. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the first guys to lose to Kimbo. Because uh, he had he had these big cauliflower... He was a really tall British guy. He had these big cauliflower ears. And Kimbo hit him in the ear, and the ear just exploded. And the cauliflower part just blew up. It was disgusting. Uh, but anyway, this is a different James Thompson. This is a 58-year-old man from uh, Yarmouth, Maine. And he was working at uh, Atlantic Motor Car Center in Wacasset, Maine. And he was on a scissor lift. And he was painting the inside of the garage. So the scissor lift, you know, it has like a, basically a cart. And then you like, it, it raises you up in the air. Yeah. Uh, so he's on one of these. He's about 12 feet in the air. When the automatic garage door opened... And I guess when it opened, it opened up into the ceiling and it pushed against the cart part of the scissor lift and tipped it over. And James Thompson fell 12 feet to his death. I don't know if he hit his head on the floor or what happened, because 12 feet is not necessarily. Feet, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, high. It's, it's yeah. We, we've seen wrestlers fall 12 feet and and live. It depends on what you're hitting. Yes. Yeah, so if you're hitting your head on a concrete floor, you might die. In fact, you probably will. Um. So here's a little bit of advice. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be around the scissor lift, just put a bunch of tables all around. <laughs> there you go. Just in case. Yeah. And have somebody around the chant, holy shit, holy shit, holy yeah. shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Or in the olden days, ECW, ECW, ECW. Hey, say double A. So uh, none of this happened hey, to James Tom- Thompson, who... Uh, who sadly died of his uh, of his injuries. EC duh, EC duh, EC duh. So death number one. Death number one. Uh, you're on a scissor lift. Yeah. A a uh, an opening garage door tips the scissor lift over. And you sabu your mama through a coffee table. No, you sabu yourself by remember when Chris Benoit like threw him on his head. Mm. He fucking uh, Vic Grimes. <laughs> yeah. Except he, this guy died, oh. and he, and he died of his injuries. Oh, he Owen Harded. Yes. Death number two. Uh, there's two deaths here. Uh, the deaths of Alejandro Cazares, 23, and Roberto Alejandro Moreno, 32. And they were driving around, and they came upon a drawbridge that was open. Or as I said as a kid, a jawbridge. A jawbridge? Yeah. So yeah, it was one of those bridges where the two halves open in the middle, so uh, ships can pass like on the through the water underneath. But they decided that they wanted to try to jump the drawbridge. Oh. So they move the barricade that closes when the drawbridge is open. Yeah. And so they get back in the car. Right, like, you, you see those scenes in movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. And, and and things in movies can totally happen in real life. Right. Like, I, wrote, I remember the scene from one of the Fast and Furious movies. I think it was, like, Fast Five. Yeah. Where uh, Paul Walker, because he was still alive at this point, and Vin Diesel, their characters are, like, on this train. And they're trying to get something out of a train. And then the train is about to go in a tunnel, and they're about to die because they're on the outside. So they jump off the train as it's going over this water, and then they go like they they fall like two hundred feet into the water below. Like that would kill them. That would kill people. Literally kill themselves by jumping off a bridge like this in the water. 
They would be dead. I saw a movie the other day where, like, this girl was on this, like, rocket thing. Mm -hmm. And something happened. Anyway, she lands on the moon at some point. But I said to the kids, I, I was like, if that were real, like, if there was a real kid inside that thing, the way that it landed and bounced around, I was like, they'd be dead. Mm -hmm. Like, they would all be dead. Yeah. There's no, there's no living through that. Right. Why are they even showing that to kids? I don't know. A kid might get the wrong idea and try to take a rocket to the moon. To, well, seriously. But what if they go up 12 feet and fall? That's true. You know? Well, and yeah, you don't just have tables laying around for them to go right. through. Because um, if we're going to build a rocket, make sure you have tables around. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go through the tables yeah. when your rocket lands. It's, uh, that's, that's rocket lands. That's your public Make service sure announcement. A tailor so, so what these, what Alejandro and Roberto did here, is they pushed up the gate on the drawbridge and they got back in the car, and they revved it up the bridge to try to jump. Yeah, like you said, the movies they're going to try to jump between the gap and the drawbridge. Um, according to police, the vehicle became airborne, landed in the waterway, and sank to the bottom. Uh, so they both died in their 2016 Chevrolet cruise. So death number two is you try to jump a drawbridge in your 2016 Chevrolet cruise, but you end up in the water. Mm. If they only had put tables in the water. Yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a fucking Chevy cruise ship, stupids. Yeah. Uh, so so if you're gonna do that, do it in the Ford Aerostar. Yeah, it's a fucking badass car. I have one. <laughs> Used to listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony that shit in 1996. There you go. Death number three yeah. is uh. Dick Wertheim. He mm. he died uh, shortly after my birth. He died in September of 1983. Okay. He died on the job, mm. uh, like our first guy. He jobbed. Uh, Dick He's a jobber. Dick Wertheim was a... No, he was actually a referee. He was a linesman in mm. tennis. Oh. Uh, he was a uh, linesman who was officiating the U.S. Open in 1983 in uh, Queens, New York. And uh, one of the players at this point was uh, Stefan Edberg... And he went to serve the ball. Now, do you think this guy was just like uh, Steve? He was nerdy before, and then he does a nutty professor type thing and becomes Stefan. You don't remember that? I remember Buddy Love, yeah. Steve Urkel had... Stefan Urkel, yeah. Yeah, Stefan. Stefan Berg. Yeah. Stefan Berg. Maybe it was Steve DeBerg, the football player. And then he took some kind of thing and became Stefan Berg. Oh, Or he yeah. was just a European tennis just player. European, European yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Okay. And uh, this was not one of his best moments in tennis because he tries to do a serve. And instead of serving it to his opponent, he serves it right into Dick Edberg's dick. Okay. Or wow. Not Dick Edberg, Dick Wertheim. Dick Wertheim's dick. He hit Dick in the dick with a serve. And the Your dick got served. It did. It got served so hard that uh, the Dick Wertheim was knocked out of his chair backwards. He fell out of his chair and onto the t hard tennis court, striking his head. Uh, he had a history of cardiovascular disease, and at, at that moment, when he hit his head, he had a uh, heart attack and a stroke at the age of 40 years old, and he, uh, he died five days later in the hospital. Okay. So that's death number two. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, who died the worst? Well, for, so... I thought I had an answer. Mm -hmm. I thought I had an answer. Okay, but now you don't. Now, now oh, I do. Ha I do have an answer now. Okay. For a while, I had an answer. Right. 
But my answer just changed. Okay. So the answer. Uh huh. And the winner is is number three. Oh yeah, I, I, I would assume if it just changed, it's going to be the last. It's got to be number three. Yeah. Here's why. Here's how it happened. Okay. So the one I have I to. I think he got hit in the dick. I think that's how it happened. Here's how I have to eliminate. Number number two goes gets eliminated. Yeah, that first. is your own stupidity, right? Yes, that's fucking completely stupid. Fuck them, you know. I I I can't really feel too bad anymore. Where's your empathy? My empathy does not lie with. Uh, we're gonna be idiots and fucking jump right bridges. Mm-hmm. My empathy my empathy lies with like homelessness and you know mm-hmm. marginalized people, people that are getting fucked. People by who fall without racism. tables nearby. Yeah, yeah, like you know. If you have a table and you missed a table, then I'll feel bad. Yeah. Uh, so n- number two was it's like fuck them, they're they're done. All right, mm-hmm. fuck them in a Chevy cruise ship, they're done, they're out. All okay? right, they are out, they're dead. Um. So I was like, I'm going with number one. This is almost a no brainer. Yeah. Like you're up on your thing, but then when you hear three, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. This seems like the safest one. Like, yeah, like you're choosing to be up on a on a thing 12 feet in the air. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, this you're choosing to be in a chair. But you're not going to think that guy's going to hit me in the groin with his tennis. You're never going to think that that that's ever going to fucking happen. Right. This is why I never like to leave my feet. I never want to be any higher than my bed. That's weird. That's very fucking weird. You're too safe. Yeah, I, I. I never. You're, I, too, you're not fun. I could get hit in the groin with an air and tennis you're ball. Not, at that's any time. not having fun. That's not living. You, got, you need to live a little bit. Oh. I need you to go skydiving. No, no. One time. Never. Come on. Never. One time. I would have a heart attack. Why? Because I would be terrified. You do the rowboat. I could do the rowboat. Yes. Yeah. So my answer, my answer, it's got, it's got to be fucking three. Yes. Three has to be the worst. I, I would also vote for three. Here. It's got to be three. Yeah. So there you go. So There's there the you winner. go. There you have it. There we have it. We we figured this one out. It's had. It's had. It's already been Had. acquired. Padded. Well, um, so that that's the uh, festivities for the show. Yeah. I do want to thank you for listening, oh, you're welcome. dear audience. Oh. Well, you, you, you're on the show, so you have no choice. No. And I don't know if you were listening the whole time. Uh, I was listening. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a pop quiz. That's good. that's gonna be the Patreon. If we ever do Patreon content again, mm-hmm. it's gonna be the Jackson Wells pop quiz. I'm gonna give you ten questions about the story and see how you do. I I know everything about the story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Ghostbusters guy from Elephant Butt. Yeah. <laughs> who was one of the toolbox killers. <laughs> yeah. You know all about it. I know everything about it. Like what's I don't understand this. This is I feel uh, like I'm being sassed for no reason. <laughs> so yeah so uh thank you for listening You're if welcome, you enjoyed man. the show I did. uh tell somebody about it hey brian huh? i have a show called murder my dude oh it's uh it's hosted by well i don't have it this guy jackson wells does i'm, yeah. I'm jack riley yeah now you're brian paddington burke, burke yeah. yeah brian paddington burke bp burke host of murder my dude what yeah that's you that's me yeah you never noticed that, they, that he sounds exactly like me and he has the exact same name as me my real name brian paddington burke I'm really Jackson Wells. Yeah, no, you're not. You're a character. What? Oh. Um, but you really are, Brian. Yeah, Patterson yeah. I'm, I'm the actual person. Yeah. I'm a real person. Yeah. You're just an actor. You're act- acting Wells. <laughs> Who hired me? I don't know. If I ever find them, <laughs> I'm going to fi- fuck them up. You're firing them. I'm going to fuck them up. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's one of my favorite things still. When, the Rock. The Rock. When he's I'm gonna fuck to, him up. Gonna, John, John Cena gonna fuck him up. I'm, fuck him up. I'm, being, I'm being mobbed by dogs now. This is, this is right. not a professional setting. All right, well, if you like uh, what you heard, uh, you can email us at uh, murdermydude at gmail.com. You can tell, tell somebody us. about it. Tell them. No, tell other people. We know about the show. Tell, tell somebody. Tell us. But I want to know that you, yeah. you're, you're listening. Yeah. I also, I want to know. Uh, I, want fe- I want hate mail. I want feedback. Just let us know that you're listening. Yeah. Okay? Just give us something. You hear this every week and you don't mail us. Yeah. You can also follow us on social media. Yeah. Uh, at Podcast My Dude on Facebook. Sure. At Murder My Dude on Instagram and yep. the Twitter machines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let us know. Let we us... are not on Parlor yet. Not yet. <laughs> you know about Parlor? I heard about Parlor. Uh, Parlor's. Uh, yeah. It's 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 basically for all the right wing people who are butthurt that they're yeah. whenever they post fake news stories, like because now Facebook will fact check them and Twitter will be like, yeah, this story has been proven wrong. Yeah. And they they don't want to accept that it's wrong because they don't trust the fact checkers. They don't yeah. trust like Snopes and things like that. Right. Uh, or Politifact or whatever they are. So now they're going to Parlor where they can post all their bullshit, and it's being funded by like these deep-pocketed like. Uh, now I wonder if left-wing people could go over there and uh, also f- uh, speak freely, or they. Get- I believe they can, but they're probably going to be shouted down because there's going to be so many more uh, right-wing people. Oh, okay. I believe that's how that would work. All right. Well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if you want to check out Parlor and give us a report next week, no. I no, won't. you don't want to check out Parlor. I won't do that. I know there's a referee from WWE who's on there, and he's getting a lot of shit for it. Really? Because he followed the Proud Boys on there. Oh. Uh, Drake Wirtz, the guy who used to be in CZW. Drake Younger. Yeah, he apparently he's a big QAnon guy too. Oh. He's a big QAnon and Proud Boys guy. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, just lost respect for that dude. Yeah, but um, yeah, and um, that's pretty much everything. Thank you for listening again. Uh, follow welcome, us on social media. Tell a friend about us. Telephone. Telegraph. Tell a wrestler. Um, I keep telling the same wrestler. That's my tell problem. Aviv. Yeah, well, tell the Israelis. Yeah, we would love to have a bigger Israeli audience. Yeah, we, we need a big Israeli. We we have plenty of fans yeah, in, down in England. Down with Palestine. And, yeah, well, I don't know about that. What? Um, but no, we have. They're we have, on their land, man. We have fans in Canada. We have fans in the UK. We want some Israeli fans too. Yeah, we want all the Israelis. Down with Palestine because they're on Israeli's land. I don't think I'm down with is the clown. Right. Oh. Whoop whoop. Yeah. For all your juggalos and juggalettes. Now, now that guy knows when you jump, you go through a table. Yeah. And that's why he's always safe. Right. He's completely safe. Completely safe. And completely yeah. highly trained. Uh, uh, but never mind. That's, that's neither here nor there. That's there. Way um, over there. Way, way over there. Where? We're going to stay here. That's there. We're going to stay here. Yeah. And we will be here when we see you next week with more murder. My dude. So what's that thing we're going to do with the uh, the DRE thing? Give me that beat again. Grizzly. Grizzly. Stop. Stop. No. We're doing that for a spinoff show. It's going to be called Grizzly Knows Best.